name of one God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good morning. In the summer of 1985, I would have one of those unofficial rite of passage moments which just blew my mind. And that was my father decided for the first time to take uh, myself and my siblings to our very first movie, but actually in the theater. Everything we had done to that point had been at home. And what would be the first movie we would see? It would be Back to the Future. And that is the adventures, if you're familiar with it, of Marty McFly as well as Dr. Emmett Brown. And they have built a DeLorean, a time machine, and it dealt with time travel. And it's every, all the ups and downs across a trilogy that they would do with time travel. And they start in the year 1985. They go back in time to 1955. And in, this, in the second one, they go all the way to 2015 which is supposed to be the future for them. And then from there, they go all the way back from to 1855, Old West times, to end up back happy and in the happy ending story in 1985. And it's through a premise such as this that I want to look at our Luke 9 gospel that we just heard Deacon Beth read for us. This is the story on this last Sunday of Epiphany uh, that, that is the transfiguration in which the glory of God was fully revealed to the three disciples, Peter, James, and John, upon the mountain. They got to see something, if only we could have seen it. A little bit jealous of those three disciples. But in this revelation of the full glory of God, I want to look at it in a time travel sense. First, I want to look at, at it from a future well into the future perspective, and then looking into the past, and finally to wind up back at the present, and to see what it actually meant for the disciples, as it would be uh, such an encouraging message in what they would begin to learn and walk through. So let's Get into our DeLorean, so to speak. Let's fire up that flux capacitor, and then we'll put in first a future going into the future. We'll hit 88 miles an hour, and off we go. So as, the, as Beth read it for us, we hear Jesus and these three disciples have gone up to pray. And this seems to be a theme in scripture that maybe Jesus prayed so long that they had fallen asleep. They, they tend to constantly be falling asleep at Jesus praying, but we hear something miraculous happens when they awake. And at first glance, what they see is Jesus' face in our text today actually has been changed or altered. And his clothes are growing, glowing bright white. And what they, what they see is a revelation of the full glory of God. And they are blown away and it changes them for never to return to their old selves. And then as well, as they have been going around with Jesus, Jesus has been preaching and teaching about the coming kingdom of God. And this is that revelation and look into the future. They get a taste 
and a vision of what that full glory of God looks like. And not only is what that face of God revealed to them, it'll also begin to reveal to them what the future has in store for them, both for the good and through the hard. So this is the look into the future, the glimpse that they get. Well, if we hop back in our DeLorean, in our time machine, let's go all the way back centuries before. For as our text continues, we hear as they awake and they're kind of coming to and as they see Jesus in his transfigured appearance, they notice there are two more people there with Jesus. And we hear that it is Moses and Elijah. Now if we talk about all the way back going into the past who Moses and Elijah are, they both have had mountaintop experiences before with God. If we start with Moses, all the way back in Exodus 33, there was a time as Moses led the people of God through the wilderness and out of slavery. And there was a time when he realized how hard of a calling that was going to be on his life. And so there was a time in that 33 chapter of, of Exodus where he calls out to God and says, just show me your glory as he's maybe doubting himself in, in what he has been called to. And we hear that up on a holy mountain, that there is a crevice that God hides him in. And he tells him, I can't show you my full glory because you would die. You could not take it. But I can do this. He hides Moses in a crevice as the story goes and puts his palm over him to protect him and reveals glory that can come through in a bright light. And we hear that the glory that Moses was able to experience, it was enough to rise him up, to give him strength to face the exodus and leading the people of Israel through. As we, if we look at Elijah, he had a very similar moment. We hear in 1 Kings that Elijah comes to a point in his ministry to where he's just ready to quit. Things have become very hard, and he is, he's groveling with God, I, I can't do it. And all of a sudden, we hear an angel tells him, go up on another holy mountain. And we hear that in a cave, Elijah goes through a firestorm, a windstorm, and an earthquake. But God was not in these storms. But we hear that Elijah hears a whisper of the voice of God, and that in that whisper, that it was enough to raise up and to strengthen Elijah to face the rest of his ministry ahead. You see, with these two men, we have a beautiful picture on the holy mountain in the text that we have today. For Moses represents the law. If you were with us last week, Father Joe preached about the differences of the law and the gospel. Well, Moses is a figure and symbolizes the law of God. And then on the other hand, we have Elijah, who, is re who represents all of the prophets in the ministry of all of them. And look at the beautiful picture that is revealed to them between those, these two things, the law and the prophets, Jesus Christ is in the middle. And the glory that is revealed that he will be the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Do you see what they got to experience? Well, if we hop in the DeLorean one more time, we wind up back there on the holy mountain. 
And we hear that Peter and the disciples are blown away by what they have and continue to experience. And we hear that they are engulfed by a cloud. And as that is happening, Peter notices that Elijah and Moses are beginning to go away and only Jesus remains. And we hear Peter say, no, this does not need to come to an end. We can build three shelters, one for each of you, and we can just stay here for the profound experience and the revelation that they have just experienced. And Jesus, that, that cloud comes around them and they finally hear the voice of God. This is my son, my cho the chosen. Listen to him. You see the message that they have just received. And we hear, and the rest as the gospel closes out today, that they eventually go down the mountain. And the brokenness of the world is the first thing that meets them back down in the valley. As there is a father who is besides himself with, with a, his only child. And he's brought and said, please heal him. He's being tormented by many things. They've been up there at that mountaintop experience. And they've come back down into the brokenness of the world. But you see the message and the revelation that the disciples have just received. And this looking at it from the future to the past and back into that present moment, they see that God has been with them and is with them through all of it. That they realize the brokenness of the world and God realizes, Jesus realizes where they are going. As we, are, as we heard with Moses and Elijah, Peter overheard a conversation that when they come back down the mountain, that there would be a new exodus. Moses leading the people out of slavery, but Jesus that will lead the people out of slavery from sin as they will begin to head towards Jerusalem and his cross. What the, the message that the disciples heard was that things are about to get real. And things are about to get very hard as we head towards Jerusalem, as they experience the brutality and torture of the cross, and yet another, another revelation to come with Jesus rising from the dead. And then after that, we hear that all the disciples will be tortured, and the majority of them will be killed. And yet Jesus, that's the brokenness and the hardness that they are walking into. And yet Jesus has given them a taste and a glimpse into the glory that will be one day. And in the meantime, until that day comes, he said, this is my son, the chosen, listen to him. And this will anchor them through all those ups and downs in which the disciples will find themselves as life goes on. Well, how about you? If we hop in that DeLorean one final time and get to today, February 27th, 2022, I would pray what the disciples experienced would be just as encouraging for you. I mean, we all know heartache and the brokenness of life. I'm sure all of us over the weekend have been praying for Ukraine as war has once again broken out in our world. And more personally, perhaps you have that a new diagnosis that you're going through in which you don't know how long it will take or even if you will be able to beat it. Or perhaps you have experienced the loss of a friend or a loved one or the battle 
that comes with addiction and pride and self. We all know the brokenness of this world. And as we gather here in the presence of God on the proverbial mountaintop, we all want to stay there where things are going well and we're in the presence of God. But this is the message of hope and encouragement that we have before us today. That when we find ourselves in the valley, walking through that brokenness, that God goes with us. And our encouragement is one day that brokenness will go away as we too will experience the full glory of God. But until that time, from day to day, hear what the voice of God told those disciples and tells us this day. When we find ourselves in, that, in, in those seasons and brokenness of life, this is my son, the chosen. Listen to him. And this is our great hope, encouragement, as we continue into the brokenness of life being anchored by relationship and experience with our Lord and Savior. Amen.